Hello, this is Lisa Rose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I want to welcome Michael J. Russ, my co-host, who is absolutely amazing, who makes every day amazing. Michael, welcome, welcome, welcome to you. I appreciate being here. You know I do. I appreciate you being here. We always have so much fun, and you leave me so inspired. We get off of, of our our time together, and it just opens up new doorways and new gateways. So that I just I just can't wait to explore even further. And I and I'm sure that you have perhaps read the book or seen the book, The One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard. He is. He does these seminars, and I just found out about an exercise, and I just want to talk a little bit about the exercise as we kick off the show today because I think that it's really applicable to so many people's lives. So when he does his seminars, he asks people to stand up, and he asks them to do two things. He said, first, he asks people to greet other people as if they are not important. And so he gives them time, you know, to walk around and, and you know, just uh, observe and allows people that feeling of not only treating other people as unimportant, but also being seen as unimportant. And then at some point during the seminar, he stops them, and then he says he wants people to greet other people as if they were long-lost friends and somebody that they're glad to see. And he said the room just erupts into a cacophony of laughter and and people smiling and hugging and chatting with each other. And then after, you know, some time he asked people to come back and sort of say which they preferred. And it's all about trying to, of course, everybody prefers the second option, uh, which is about embracing and really Seeing people now, he does this exercise for to get people to recognize the difference between a positive thought and a negative thought, and how the positive increases the energy in the room tenfold. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, how about if when we walk through life, if we start seeing people with those eyes, that even though uh, we may not know somebody, we drop into and make a conscious effort, a mindful effort to see somebody as perhaps a friend that we haven't met before. What can we learn from this person, a teacher who's showing up, um, an opportunity for growth? And uh, I thought that that would be kind of a fun thing to uh, talk about today, where we want to be mindful and, and, and how... We embrace the world and really bring, I think, more peace and fulfillment on our own lives by creating that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, it's, it's interesting because I, I actually, I, I attempt to do that all the time when I see people, meet people for the first time, or I engage with them. I kind of see myself as having known them for, you know, ever. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun to do that. It's a lot of fun to, um, I mean, people don't wear name badges for just no reason whatsoever. People who are, you know, uh, walking, um, not walking around in, in, in stores you go to, your local grocery store or a new store that you've gone to, uh, it doesn't matter where it is, people wear name badges, right? And I get, mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of fun actually uh, quickly seeing what the name badge is and, and, and engaging with them in a way, uh, and, and I use their name in, in engaging with them. 
You know, I say, say, what kind of day are you having, Martha? You know, and they're like, wow, um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a great day or whatever, you know. But instead of saying, hey, how are you? I say, hey, how are you? Uh, what kind of day are you having, Martha? You know, mm-hmm. uh, in life, Martha? You know, it just, it, just makes, it just makes it that much more fun to, to uh, let them know that I took the time to actually call them by name to see what their name was. And sometimes people actually ask me, how'd you know that was my name? And I'm going, oh, remember, you're, wearing, you're at work, you're, you're wearing a name badge, you know. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean anything. It's, it's the point that um, if you see people in your uh, local grocery store uh, and say hello to them, even though you don't know anything about their life, you don't know anything about them outside of that, that, that moment of contact that you have uh, every time you're in the store. You know, uh, it's, it's fun to sometimes they'll ask you, uh, you know, when you get that close, they'll say, what kind of, what are you doing today? You know, I said, oh, I'm going, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play golf in a little bit, you know, or I'm going to go back to work or I'm going to go whatever. And uh, what time do you get off? And what are you going to do? You know, just kind of get into a little, little conversation about that because you never know uh, who's just going home to be alone. Right. You know, I, I, my mind, I think, I don't, I don't, know what this person's doing. I don't know what they're doing with their life. Maybe this is the only association with people that they have in their life here in the store. And mm-hmm. I want to make that as, as, as positive as possible, as energetic and as upbeat as I possibly can because life is not about being downbeat. It's about being up. Absolutely. And that's kind of the way I, I, uh, I see everything and every encounter, no matter whether I'm in a restaurant um, I'll walk into a restaurant, our favorite restaurant, and I, I get to know the people that work there and call them by name and have certain people serve us and uh, get to know the manager. It just turns out the manager of our favorite restaurant moved in around the corner from us, so we've had her over twice in the last four weeks. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you have a cool. new neighbor and a new friend. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we know, yeah, we've known her through the restaurant, but then she moved into our neighborhood, and we're like, wait a minute, wait, you living here now? Yeah, so her day off is Sunday because the restaurant is closed, and we've had her and her husband over twice, and it gets her out of the house because the only people she sees throughout the week are people at the restaurant where she works. Mm-hmm. It's a very high-end restaurant. It's very nice. A lot of, a lot of people come in there. It's a, got great food, great menu, uh, great staff, and um, it's always fun to, to see her. She, she, even before we knew her in a, in a, a more intimate way, she was she was always so friendly, and she you know she has a big smile just like I have a big smile, and we we share smiles together and and uh, and talk about life and and uh, I think she had a health a health scare where she had to do with some cancer treatment, and because uh, she had been gone for like four weeks, and we're like you know where's Hattie? She's off. She's dealing with a health issue, and when she came back, it wasn't a month or so after that that they moved into our area, so it's fun. I guess the bottom line of this is that we're talking about being mindful today, and um, I would encourage our our listeners here on PR and FM to and through our podcast uh, at Connect to Love to to just think about mindfulness as as a way of being present wherever you are, seeing the people, looking them in the eye, actually being present with the person that you're dealing with, right. Um, even being present with your dog if you're taking them for a walk. Don't be on your phone. Be connected to what your dog uh, is doing. And if you're at home and you have a cat or some other kind of animal and you're actually 
being mindful and playing with them, engaging with them uh, at the time. Look them in the eye. Let them know that you are you are present with them. It's so important. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's so simple. It, it is. There's a there's a lot of ways to improve your life that don't cost money. There's a zillion things you can do that don't cost any money that make you feel absolutely amazing, as good as if you did whatever you could if you were a billionaire, it, even better. It doesn't make any difference. It's not about money, but these things don't take money. It doesn't take money to smile. You don't, you don't have to be wealthy to smile. You don't have to be wealthy to, uh, to um, engage with somebody and wish them well. And it doesn't, doesn't cost you anything to be nice. Yeah, right. you may have something going on in your life. Uh, however, engaging with other people, they don't, they're not part of that. They're not part of that. And, when, and people have to recognize and remember that, that just as they may be coming to you with a bad attitude, somebody, you don't know why the bad attitude uh, is, is present. Because, and you're never going to know fully because you don't know them, mm-hmm. even if it's somebody that you, you know really well and known for decades. They may not tell you the real underlying reason why they're, you know, not feeling bad while they're feeling angry, while they're feeling, you know, off. Um, even if you ask them, they may lie to you right. to make you feel good or because they don't want to talk about it. But it doesn't cost any money to be nice or smile or be mindful of how you're engaging with people. Right. And... You know, mindfulness really sort of came, you know, it, it had its roots in Buddhist meditation, but John Kabat-Zinn and his work sort of brought it into mainstream, not just in mental health, but into businesses and where it is now. And I think what it really sums up is all about paying attention to our thoughts and feelings without judging them, being in a space and whether it be right or wrong or whatever. And I had this vision this morning. It's going to sound really funny, but if you've ever had a chance to hit a pinata and you're the person that's blindfolded and you've got a stick in your hand and you're just swinging and swinging and swinging at the air, but it's everybody that's around you can see that pinata and they're like, oh, it's just so simple, you know, just hit it here. And then when you hit it in just the right spot, the sweet spot, all of a sudden all this candy comes out and you, you can enjoy the fruits of it. And I was thinking about that in relationship to mindfulness because I've got a weird mind like that. But I, I just, I did, I thought about like how many times, and it's just so simple, we just need to steady ourselves and anchor in and sort of feel whether, you know, intuitively or whatnot and kind of ground yourself and then take that strike. And uh, a good friend of mine who I I actually met when I was in Tanzania on a flight, I was going from Dar es Salaam and I got on this plane with the doctors and the nurses and the other people I was traveling with. And I just sort of thought, well, where's a good place to sit? And I ended up asking this gentleman if I could sit next to him and he, I'm looking for the the seatbelt, and I'm like, excuse me, can you tell me where the seatbelt is? And he's like, they don't have a seatbelt. They don't care whether or not you wear a seatbelt. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I feel real safe on this plane. Not a problem. <laughs> and uh, it just, but it was interesting because it was through that that I started having a conversation with him and where he worked, and he had been in uh, the high-end hotel business. And so he had a very, very busy life. 
and he, we were we were speaking about that, and he said, but he had left that because he developed an inoperable brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And you know, do you talk about something stopping you in the midst of your your wonderful life? You travel everywhere. You have all these fabulously wealthy people around you, but you don't have your health. And so he started. He 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 started to seek out practices that he could anchor into. And he found the, the work of Thich Nhat Hanh, and he started to go to different seminars, and, and he asked at the, the end, you know, he was starting to practice meditation and quietness because he had this massive tumor that, that nobody could help. And so he thought, well, I need to go within. And uh, he asked and said, is there any way that you can help me? And he said, I'm not, I'm not able to help you. Um, but then later on came back and, and opened the doorway for Christian to go to a, a monastery in Bhutan. You know, he said when he, he got there and you know, leaving a, a life of comforts and he said he was dropped off and, and a monk met him and he had to carry his suitcase all the way up this mountain and he said he only left the the monastery twice in a year but they would practice this mindfulness and these meditations and quieting the very very busy mind that he had and at one point he asked the head monk if he could leave and he said no not yet and then one day the the monk came and he said you're you're ready to go and when he came back into society, he discovered that his tumor was completely gone. And so he started wanting to, he got a burning desire. He had a new purpose in life to start training and helping people with mindfulness. But it was such a delightful conversation that was really, uh, although I had been aware of it, really the first application that was anchored in for me in a physical sense that what when we are fully present with ourselves and it doesn't mean that we have to you know be mindful with a mantra or whatever it is that you just go within and go with the flow and whatever is meant to unfold will unfold and letting go of everything else around you that it really does have a very powerful effect yeah, um, yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, Michael. I, did Did he expound upon what it was uh, that he felt helped him eliminate the tumor? I mean, the whole concept. Did he Did he uh, uh, elaborate? I should say on on what it was that he w- believes helped get rid of his tumor. Was it? He said that it was. Yeah, he said that it was just quieting the mind. There had been so many distractions and so many things. You know, in in the hotel business or any type of industry where you're in the service industry, you don't have much downtime. It's always about pleasing people and you're putting out fires all the time. And and I think it's not just that industry. I think it's the nature of society today. But for him, it was just... high high, you know, executive jobs require... Uh, almost a 24-hour presence, mm-hmm. which is, is is something that you it's 
it's it's almost impossible to maintain forever. You're in it for for a while. But um, as I as I hear the story, um, the thing that comes to mind is that this this brain tumor was his cosmic two by four, his uh, his pivot point, um, where you know he was not meant to 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 do that, and maybe he kind of felt it, but kept kind of fighting it, and. Mm-hmm. Think, was and then finally the physical the uh, uh, the incompatibility with where he was manifested in and what he was dealing with was manifested in the physical. Now it's a the brain tumor. Now he has to go back and and uh, um, you know the second thing is the mindfulness aspect of you know quiet, quieting the mind. Uh, I don't know how many hours or what his routine was in the monastery. It would have been interesting to have learned what that was just kind of get a, a, a boots-on-the-ground kind of idea of what his day was like. Um, mm-hmm. However, uh, one of the things that uh, Carol Collins and the teachers talk about is that you know, in terms of self-healing, and I know you're taking a self-healing class with, with Carol and the teachers, and um, it would be good for you to kind of elaborate on what she says with regard to when you quiet your mind, what actually, what the teachers are doing. I mean, we're, you're getting some help, you know, and, and how, um, how quieting your mind is, enables you to heal without going to a monastery, but you can, you can bring that, that quiet mindfulness into, into your space, uh, wherever it is you spend your most time or your quiet spaces. And when you do that, the benefit it has for you with regard to self-healing. Can you kind of right. on that? Because that, uh, that's what you're involved in now. Yeah, what I found so fascinating with the classes with Carol Collins is that the collective are suggesting uh, short periods of meditation, uh, 12 minutes, where we think sometimes that it's going, you know, we have to go into meditation for an hour or we <laughs> have to climb a mountain and find a guru or whatever it is. But it's really focusing that awareness on the here and now. And there are um, different exercises, even the placement of hands, uh, placing a hand on the heart, uh, bringing your awareness to the heart. That's a very easy thing to do and to, to really breathe in. I think that when we, we really start to live in the present moment, it can be so transformative. And, and so much of what we do in our daily lives sort of take us away from who we are deep in inside. And I know that you have been practicing uh, your mantra that you have gleaned and gathered from your guide, Jeremiah. And I, I'd love for you to share a little bit of, about what, as you you take the time in meditation, when you meditate, you don't take that mantra into meditation. You take that mantra when you walk. Is that right. correct, Michael? Two things. Yeah, I do it when I, do it when I walk because a mantra is um, what I'm looking to do is to anchor um, the words in the mantra, the, uh, the mantra itself, onto my uh, into my subconscious. It, it's it's interesting. So it it requires uh, emotion, and energy, and what we what we what I've come to understand, and this is why we have so many uh, uh, triggers in life. The the thing that we react to most in our life are negative things. Mm-hmm. The things we scream and yell about the things we get ticked off about. 
the things we shout expletives about with lots of emotion and energy, they're generally negative things, right? And that negative energy, we have to understand, gets imprinted on our subconscious. So if you have a, um, if someone close to you passes away uh, all of a sudden, and you have uh, a deep, uh, a, have deep grief where you are um, just totally emotionally out there, unstable, um, sad, grieving, um, maybe regretful or feeling guilty, and all these things. You've got all these negative uh, emotions, feelings and emotions that are, and, and thoughts that are being given, being fed all of this negative energy. All of this energy, just feeding that, this, this energy. And, and all of that is being, is being imprinted on your subconscious. To the, mm-hmm. point where, to the point where when you see a movie, you'll see a movie and someone, where in that movie something happens, almost like what happened to you. Someone died all of a sudden in the movie. And you're like, ah. you, you wonder why you feel the way that you do, because now you're reliving the situation that you imprinted on your subconscious. You're, you're, it, it triggered the emotions that you felt, right? So... Mm-hmm. The meditation is to clear that away. The meditation is to clear away uh, the quieting of the mind for 12 minutes, is to, uh, starting with five, basically, is what she says. If you can't do 12, start with five, where you just have nothing going through your mind. You have to literally learn to, to, that you have nothing in your head for that five minutes. Now, it's, more, it's a little bit more challenging than you might think, because um, a lot of meditation is, is technically done with music, in some way, some kind of tones or whatever, there are no tones. This is totally quiet. Um, evidently, teachers say the tones and all that, yeah, it's relaxing, it's great, but it doesn't allow it, your, your guide to, to uh, clear your subconscious, to clear all this negative energy off your, uh, off your grid. Uh, and what you want is to clear the negative energy off your grid. So the, the, the gentleman who you were sitting next to who had the brain tumor, um, from what I've gleaned from... Carol and the teachers and uh, what I've been listening to them and, and reading over the past four or five months is that this, he had a, uh, he might have had so much um, tacked on his grid, just his grid was just totally full of, of, of things. Even though he was a positive person, uh, you can still, because you expose yourself to all this negative energy, you actually, because that's what you focus on at the time, it's, always, it's all about what you focus on. You know, right. you, might not, you might not think that that slasher movie is, is impacting your, your, um, your subconscious grid. However, when you're focusing on it, it is. And this mm-hmm. is the interesting thing. It's why she said, you know, when you, when you watch, you spend an hour a day watching about the war in the Middle East, the news, and you watch an hour of it, story after story after story after story, image after image after image, all of that is going on to your subconscious grid, all of it, and because you're focusing on it, because you find it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. You use that a lot. What you find interesting, right, that is, that's what you're focusing on. So what I've been doing for the last five months is really just shifting my focus, making sure that the majority of my focus is on positive things, positive things. In other words, 
I might limit the news to five minutes, ten minutes, with no emotional investment, none whatsoever. I'm not looking to invest anything in any negativity. And I've learned that, and, and what Carolyn teachers keep saying is that you can turn this around and you can, you can, you can hack your, you can hack your mind. <laughs> in other words, you can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can that, hack. They, they call the right. science neurobiology. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's so you're, 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 <laughs> it's not airy right. fairy. You're cheating. In other words, mm-hmm. you're, you're, what the mantra is, it is, it is a, it, it's a intentional imprinting on your grid. Whatever you find interesting, whatever you put love into, and that is what you will get if you turn mm-hmm. around. And, and so you have to be very careful about what you're focused on. You know, that's why I, I, I've never been a slasher movie kind of guy, a Halloween or a whatever, Jason thing. I've never been at all that. Uh, that I don't get yeah. to derive any pleasure from that whatsoever, right? But there are people who, who do, and, and, um, and it's not for me to tell them, you know, that's a bad thing. Or if you're watching a lot of criminal, um, uh, like uh, Criminal Minds TV shows where they show a lot of uh, gruesomeness and, and gore and people doing things that are, uh, the, the scripts are so out there, serial killer kind of stuff. Um, it's interesting because um, in Criminal, on Criminal Minds, the, the TV show, Mandy Patinkin, Mandy Patinkin, who was, uh, who was uh, best known for Princess Bride, for being mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Diego Montoya, right? In yeah. Princess Bride. What a great <laughs> movie, movie, right? You can sit around yeah, and watch that movie a hundred times. It's so great. Uh, Diego yes, Montoya, he, he quit the show. He quit the show because the scripts were so dark. It was wow. beginning to impact him. And it was beginning to impact him mentally and physically. Because and, and wow. you know that he's just acting. It's just acting. It's not real. But the stories were so gruesome that he, he, he quit because he said, I, I, it's, it's too much on me. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not the kind of stuff I want to take home. Because right. a, a real actor, will, 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 what they're doing is they are becoming the embodiment of their embodying mm-hmm. the character, right? The embodiment of the character, which means that you have to psychologically be that character, and if that character is doing things, is witnessing things that are just gruesome and gross and just out there, right, so negative, that is what you're going to be dreaming about at night. Right. That's what you're going to be thinking right. about all day long. Nobody wants that, right? So uh, he quit, which is, I have the utmost respect for him, you know, regardless of what money was making or whatever was a hit show, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. and uh, anybody who, any actor who's who's been engaged in a in a in a role that has had that kind of gruesomeness to it, um, they it, it takes them two three months to to shed that from them from their psyche um, because it's it's so intense. So if you think that that's what they have to do, what are we doing? We're not actors. Uh. We're just out here every day doing our doing our thing. What we can control is what we focus on. Right. The mindful, what, what we're mindful about. And I like, uh, I have, I have, well, I say in the last five months, I have kicked it up to a whole new level of understanding and, and action with regard to that. And it's sort of like a test on my, uh, for myself, right, to see if I mm-hmm. can. So I, I, I get up in the morning at uh, about 6 o'clock and I meditate. I do my 12 minutes. Then I do another uh, nine minutes, uh, 
which is a, uh, a channeling exercise with my guide, um, and then I do, uh, then I'm done, done. And then I yeah. come back, I do my mantra on my walk. When I get done with my walk, I'll come back and anchor it with 20 minutes of quiet. And I'll do that one other time, perhaps before bed or in the afternoon. I'll take, I'll take, I did 15 minutes today before we did the show. I sat for 15 minutes and quietly, I emptied my mind and allowed the mantra I had heavily, and, and it's, it's this, it, I'll, I'll say my, my mantra with a, a load of emotion and feeling and energy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'll, I could go in a closet and I, I say it. I practically yell it. I scream it as if, I'm, as if I'm at a football game, you know, and you're trying to will the players on the field to do what you want. Great. Do. Right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's really great. what we're talking mm-hmm. about here. We're talking about, I mean, look at the amount of uh, wasted energy <laughs> when it comes to watching sports and putting that much energy into something you can't control. Right. Well, in this case, you can control it. That's what you're looking to do. You're looking to, to imprint your, your mantra, what you want. The mantra is built around what you want, right? What you want, mm-hmm. what you're saying you have. I have this. I have that. And it's a, it's a series of... Of, uh, of, of lines, uh, my mantra that I say, and it's a lot of energy. And then when I get done doing it, and I'm no, my heart is racing, okay, at that point, when I'm, because that's what you're doing. You're elevating your energy in a positive direction and saying, you know, I have this, I have that, I'm doing this, this is me, this is how I feel, this is my health, this is my relationships, this is everything. You know, I love myself, um, the whole nine yards. My life is perfect, okay, and uh, or, or all is right in my life to end. I'll walk out of my closet door in my bedroom, in my, in my office, and I will sit down on my couch and I will close my eyes and I will anchor in. I'm looking to basically have my, my guide, um, the word is uh, amplify. amplify, amplify that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for them to amplify that. I've now, I'm imprinting on that my subconscious. Now it's time for my guide to amplify my mantra on my subconscious, to amplify it out, out into the world, to manifest it. Right, that's what mm-hmm. it's about. So it's, it's a, a mantra is the is it mantras a mantra is sort of like an affirmation. It's very much like an affirmation, but it's but it's designed to um, to to encompass exactly the the nucleus of what you're looking for, what you want in in your life, right? And mm-hmm. so yeah. that is that is the key. That is that is the key. And, and I'm in understanding this. I'm going like, wow. Um, uh, Carol is going to do this wonderful, I think it's on the 28th of December, if that's the date, I'm sure she'll announce it. But uh, if you go to americasmedium.com, I'm sure, and hook in with her, she'll, she's going to do this uh, thing on the 28th of December. She's going to do a, a piece about uh, vision boards and what you need to do to sort of what I'm doing now. Um, yeah. I combine the mantra with my vision board and then my amplification by, by my guide. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to imprint hard. So um, it, it's, it's fun on the walk, too, by the way. It's fun to just yell at the top of my lungs as I'm walking yeah. out of the forest. You know, you know just, the thing <laughs> that I get a vision of, Michael, it's kind of like you're a big television tower, and you're broadcasting that out into the field, into the energy right. field. You're like, this oh, yeah. is, and you're doing it with, you know, you want, you don't want to just reach just the local neighborhood. You want it to go out there. And uh, when you were speaking about the, the television, I just want 
our listeners to understand that when you watch a show that's the opposite of positive, and you can go on NIH's um, PubMed and do a search yourself, and you'll find oodles of studies where they have found that when you watch a show that is the opposite of positive or like a drama show like that, that gets you engaged, and, and say you were going to take get blood tests the next day, your cholesterol is going to be elevated. Your glucose levels are elevated. It's so interesting to see. We don't really think about what we're feeding ourselves is actually impacting the physical body. And it, and so when you think about it, that the, you know, you have control over what you're bringing in. And if you want to heal yourself by changing different activities in the brain circuits, whatever, it's all about empowering yourself. So focusing on your breath and the body sensations where you're tense, you know, your posture, whatever you do to settle yourself in to that mindful state. And what you want to bring through in that stream of consciousness is actually going to impact your physicality. And really, I think that that's what Christian, it made a big difference for him. And I have asked him, he's overseas right now in a, involved in a, a really amazing project. He's doing a lot of things with neurobiology with African tribes and how amazing they are at finding that presence and that mindfulness um, and how they communicate. It's its just really phenomenal. But I, And I'd love to have him come on and, and speak about it because it really makes a big, big difference. But you also brought up the emotions because the emotions that we have, whether, you know, it happened when we were six years old or when we were 26 years old, uh, really do sort of create these boulders. And in the Taoist teachings, you know, they always say if you were down near a, a river and you saw a big boulder, they ask you the question, is the water, is the boulder pulling, pushing the water one way or is it the water pushing the boulder? And really, the boulder just is. It just is there. It's in a space where the water flows around it. And I think that that's really what we need to do in a, in a mindful state. We need to recognize that all of these other things are, yeah, they may be in our path, but these things will flow around us. And as they flow around us, things can move gently, things can move lots of different ways. And I think that that's sort of where you do when you, you meditate. You sort of detach from What's coming at you in your daily life? Right. Uh, you take anything. A... There are no pictures. Mm-hmm. There are no. You're not. You're not focusing on being on the beach, watching the waves and all that. That's not what you're doing. You want. You want no visuals whatsoever. You just want to literally quiet the mind, take yourself to alpha state. That's all you want to do. That's what you right. need. To do. You have to be as quiet and unfocused on anything. That's why music is not a good thing. Um, why envisioning uh, pictures, you know, doing visualization is one thing. You can visualize things, but that's not what what uh, what is going to you know take care of cleaning your grid. That's not what's going right. to, to get rid of the, uh, the 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 scum that's built up on your on your, your in your subconscious. Um, and, Absolutely, and that, you have to take some time for for that, um, and right. it takes a little bit of effort uh, to. Mm-hmm. But once you once you do it, um, it is just once a day for that exercise. It's it's really phenomenal. It makes you feel 
uh, really good because the more you do it, the better you get at doing it. And, right. Uh, just as a little cheater thing, I, I actually turn 12 minutes into 14, and I spend the first two brilliant. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, do. I want to have twelve quality minutes, so I spend the first. I, I, I add two minutes onto that on my timer to breathe deeply and to talk myself uh, into uh, a state of, of relaxation. You know, every muscle, every fire, every being, that kind of thing. That's your Jedi mind trick, Michael. I love it. You know, it's yeah. been a while since I saw Star Wars. I mean, it's been a while, and I know a lot of people have followed it. But you think about. Like Luke Skywalker, right? He went into that cave and and Yoda, you know, just asking him and and really trying to to train him uh, not to to answer or think or feel, right? Just to trust. trust I'm glad you brought that up. I really am happy that you brought that up. I mean, I would have never thought about that. However, the great thing about that movie that I think got missed completely is that part of the movie. People get all caught up in the action and the and the, the lightsabers and and you know the 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 negativity about you know the Luke and his his his, his father and, you know the conflict mm-hmm. there and and all the fighting and stuff that's going on, but the real treasure is are the scenes where he's in the cave with Yoda. That's the real mm-hmm. treasure, and um, th- those are the golden nuggets that can that can that will feed you. Uh, like a king or queen for the rest of your existence. That is mm-hmm. what. That is what. That's what that is. You, know, you should always look for the look for the uh, look for the gold, the treasure that can enrich your life in, in everything. I do that when I watch movies. I'm looking for the treasure that uh, I can use to enrich my life in some way. And there are some great writers out there, screenwriters, and some great movies that that have pivotal transformational moments, and you can say, "Wow, that is kind of cool how that happened." And um, and, and and from this perspective, the Star Wars, that's that's the biggest contribution I think that they that they made to to movies. This is a lot of young people that are watching it, and I and I, I I feel in some cases that it gets missed completely. That is the mm-hmm. important part, right? That's what makes Luke Skywalker who he is is being able to go to go inside himself, go inside himself. That's what makes him. Who he is, right? And interestingly enough, right. that would be the easiest springboard, you know, for let kids watch that and then go, okay, right, we're going to do this thing that Skywalker did because they, uh, yeah, they have a, yeah, absolutely, yeah, they have a somebody, an authority figure, somebody that they respect um, in the movie Skywalker, who's doing it, the lead character, the protagonist, and now they can, you can say, okay, great, that movie's over. How would you like to do that thing that Skywalker did? You know, to to be able to be the best Jedi Knight ever. And they go, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, do that. This is how we're going to teach you how to do this. If you do this every day, you can be your own Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Conquer the world, right? Achieve greatness. Achieve whatever you want. You know, greatness is in the eye of a beholder anyway. So um, it's not society's idea of greatness. It's just, hey, this is how you do this. Is how you, when, 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 when things get a little challenging for you and you're feeling a little anxious, be Luke Skywalker. Go into the space. Go into the force. Go into the space that you know, you know, between your thoughts, and hang there for five minutes to twelve minutes. Hang there. It'll all come. It'll all go away. It'll all work its way. It work itself out. If you just deal do with with the outside from the inside, is basically it. You deal with the outside by dealing with the inside, and that is 
an important lesson, one that we can take and just run with uh, forever instead of all this other distraction that, that we have to, we're forced to consume on a daily basis, where well, more so we've been forced to believe that it's important. And it really isn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> because there'll be something new tomorrow, something different tomorrow. And I tell this to people all the time, it's not what you experience today, if you put a lot of negative energy into it, it doesn't matter. It will go away, dissipate, and there will be something new tomorrow. So why not just let it all go? Why not not pay attention put the energy, invest the energy and, and emotion into these things, you know, uh, politics and stuff going on. I, just so much that it, people, I see people putting that much energy into their own sports team. And I'm like, wow, the angst, the, the, uh, um, the negative energy because your team didn't win. Or, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second. It is a right. team, by the way, and <laughs> you've got... Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, I totally yeah, get exactly. it. exactly. It's out of your control, you know? And they're like, they're like into it, like, yeah, yeah, and you know, and you tell them you're, you're, you, you see two, you bring two people together and you say, look, I'm for this team. Oh, no, I like that team. Well, well, well we, 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 we shouldn't be talking. Because, <laughs> like, they only want to hang with their own, their own group, their own little clique that likes their team, Right. And I'm right. going like, this is really interesting in life. It's really interesting. Um, when I tell people I have no favorite whatsoever, you know, it's not, I don't really care. I like to watch a little bit of this and that. That's fine. But I don't spend hours engaged in walking, watching something unless it's a soccer game. I like the women's U.S. soccer team. I love them. So, yeah. uh, and so I will watch them, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and that's just Everybody's got their little thing. It's not that often. World Cup, Olympics, that's when I do the most watching. But away from that, it's like I could take it or leave it. Life is an amazing adventure, and you can make it what you want it, want it to be. And I choose to do as much as I can throughout the day to make it awesome, to make it an right. amazing adventure. Well, I think the, the silence, yeah. But I, I even think the silence for that 12 minutes with the extra two minutes that you've added to that, really does help you um, oh, yeah. ground yourself. It, yeah. You probably come out of your meditation with uh, ready, you know, the mind is quieted, so it's ready to receive new nuggets of wisdom, oh, yeah. whatever it is. Um, You're being fed. It's about silence, you know, it's, and it's so interesting. I, I was listening to something this morning, and they were talking about Yeats, the poet, and one of his commentaries was that people did not feel comfortable in silence, that they always wanted something around them. And, and I think that in yeah. that mindfulness, it's appreciating that. Now, some people have said that the beauty of music is the space between the notes. And I've heard that with other things as well, hmm. that it's that moment between like, okay, what's going on? That that's really where the beauty comes in. And Mm -hmm. to um, enjoy that silence and be mesmerized. And I think when you go see the symphonies or I I love the the weaving of all of the different instruments together and how things Mm -hmm. will uh, manifest. It just is to me. (laughs) It's just, 
it's like food for my soul, I guess, is what I have to say about it. I agree with you 110. Um, percent I think that it's yearning, not yearning to, but actually putting yourself in the position where you see those kinds of experiences, where you you place yourself there. Um, it can be it can be uh, fabulous. There was one time I was in Germany and I went to um, uh, with some friends went to a showing of Faust, the black mm. and white, the black and white uh, silent movie of Faust, right? Um, played with the that city's orchestra. The, oh my goodness, was, that would be amazing! Back in those days, right? So Faust is on the screen; it's playing. The orchestra is playing the original scores that were played with the movie back in the day before talking. Oh my gosh, that gives me shivers! Oh my gosh, Isn't that amazing! amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was, I was sitting there. I was astounded. It was the only time I, I mean, just to have the opportunity to see to experience something like that, right? Um, was just was just brilliant because in in Germany every little city's got their own orchestra. They're really big mm-hmm. into classical music and uh, they're very proud and they fund them. Uh, so they all have orchestras and they all uh, do these wonderful concerts and other things. I just thought this was a very creative way of um, uh, bringing some uh, artistic expertise to uh, to. And we saw it in one of the original old theaters theaters uh, that it would have played in that had been restored. Um, and and it was it was phenomenal. Um, you know there there are these things around. You can you can do this. You know there are art festivals, there are craft festivals, there are um, music festivals. There are places that have all this positive energy. You know, mm-hmm. I was telling a friend of mine, get out of the house and go to those. You know, drive down to the Apalachicola Seafood Festival, which was last weekend. Um, go to uh, because there are positive people doing positive things. When you go to craft festivals craft fairs, the beauty of going to a craft fair is that you have all of this creative energy, this inspirational energy that is just that in each booth, and you put it together collectively, and you've got this, this, this cosmic event that's going on where all this creative talent comes together to the same place. And mm-hmm. what they've created on their own is absolutely amazing. And, and you're just going to see some things that you've never seen before. You're going to engage with, with, with energy, positive energy for the time that you're there. And it's just it's fantastic. Um, I, I loved going to those in California when they were really big. Um, you'd have them in big exposition centers. And it's just, oh, wow, you just dive in with, with, uh, with, with all your limbs. You just get in and, and, and walk around and talk to people. Everybody's laughing or they're smiling. There's, there's some music generally, uh, different uh, people that come and play. And even the small mm-hmm. ones are in towns. Right. Uh, it's fantastic. You know, there yeah, are... Years ago, I- I was at the Sawdust Festival in in Los Angeles, and I was just mesmerized. They had a lot of artists who were actually painting their paintings. Uh, yeah. As you know, they obviously had things for sale, but they were out painting. And this one gentleman, I I, I just I'd never seen acrylics, the colors that he was using, and and yeah. he was using these other oil paints. And and I'm like, what paints do you use? And he went on to share with me that he had been an animator for Disney and decided that he really wanted to branch out. And I walked all around that, that amazing festival and I came back and I was mesmerized and I ended up, I didn't really have the money at the time, but I had an American express card. (laughs) I said, 
I bought that painting he was working on. He said, well, it's not done. And I said, I don't care. He said, well, you know, it's going to take a while and we'll ship it to you. And I have it hanging in my bedroom. And I, I would not, quite honestly, Michael, had I not gone to that show where before he was somebody, would have been able to afford his art now. Uh, in you know, and and it just, I I love it, and and it just he it was just whimsical and fun and colorful and and so I I really can anchor into that. But even even in that applying each color and choosing that, there's a mindfulness practice in that. There's a mindfulness in what am I going to wear today? Like how you adorn yourself, how you want to present yourself to the world. And in, in all of those little things, I am very mindful when I walk my dogs. I know that sounds strange, but it's a meditative practice for me. I let them be dogs. I'm not looking to control them and like, hurry up. Let's, you know, like, okay, you want to stop, explore there. That's great. You know, they're only on the planet for a small, a short time, right? Yeah, it is unfortunately so true. Um, yeah. are. And that is, you know, I, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, if you feel like you're getting tight in your solar plexus while you're doing something, then you need to be doing it a different way. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're so involved that you're, you're all tense. Your muscles are tense. Your solar plexus is tightening up. Uh, your stomach is tightening up uh, from what you're doing. You've got veins in your neck. Your neck is tight. Um, and, and people who walk their dogs and want to control what they do uh, are not going to have as pleasant an experience as the dog is going to have. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and the dog can sense that you're all uptight. Um, and just like cause that's what animals do, the animals sense your, your, your feelings, your energy. And so I agree with you. I think it's, uh, it, that is a mindful experience. It's a mindful experience. I have a mindful experience when I walk too, because I'm, I'm paying attention. Um, I don't know. I must've seen five monarch butterflies. Um, oh, how wonderful. Around. Yeah. Floating around on the ground. And I'll just, sometimes I'll just stop and watch them, you know, kind of kneel down and kind of watch them for a moment or two. Um, you, you have the, the flower I sent you a picture of, uh, the other week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you notice the beauty that's around you. I had a rabbit, run across the path. I had a deer run across the path about a month ago, uh, jump, uh, jump across the path that I was walking on, uh, probably about 40, 50 yards in front of me. Um, and it's, it's just, you never know what's going to happen, of course. But the, the, the bottom line is I'm out there to commune with the beauty of where I am. I'm breathing in the air. I'm not right. thinking about something that I need to be doing when I'm done. Uh, or, or something I need to do tomorrow, or something that I did, or something that someone said. That's not part of it. It's being present where you are, breathing, and enjoying the ride. Right. You know, enjoying what you're doing. Um, I have a lot of, uh, uh, of respect for people who involve themselves in building things and using their hands, because the focus and attention that they have in doing that is also meditative it's uh also right. mind. because what is there's there's single-minded focus and then there's then you know teachers from carol say you know there's there's not focusing on anything not mm-hmm. focusing on anything um and right. not focusing on anything part is what does you the most good 
It's what did uh, your friend, is your friend named Christian, the gentleman who... Yes, Christian. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's not focusing on anything and allowing the universe to come through you. Your own guide probably connected with his own guide while he was there uh, in, in, uh, and uh, let them just work on his energy field and clear it out. The, the number one reason to, to sit quietly for 5 to 12 minutes is emotional balance. Mm-hmm. Emotional balance is the number one reason, you know, why you're doing it. Even beyond, you know, I, I, I don't do it to anchor in my mantra. I do that specifically for emotional well-being, emotional balance, because your, your guide has an opportunity then to help clear away uh, the stuff that you have invested in emotionally that you don't need, that has, is of no benefit to you. And this is why right. I don't watch reality TV. Reality TV uh, is is only a it's it's a um, reality TV like Survivor, which is I think one of the one of the most popular and one of the oldest that's running. These are shows that are scripted to be dramatic, mm-hmm. uh, scripted to be problematic for the people involved. And when you find yourself watching something and you're um, you find yourself saying. What in the world are they doing that for? Why is this happening? Who would do that? If you find yourself thinking in those types of things, you're walking and watching the wrong program because you're way beyond it. Um, to me, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they're all scripted. There is no unscripted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, there's, there's different protagonists doing different things. You know, there's always the same kind of character. There's the, there's the person who's, the re, who's revengeful. There's the person who's happy. There's the person who's this and that. They different personality types. They find people to, to, who match these personality types so that they can conflict with each other, right? Conflict is, is, is what makes those shows. Otherwise, they'd be boring because nobody has that much adversity in an hour. Nobody. Right. Or in a but you know what that adversity does, and, and it's sort of like, when you said somebody was forcing something that they were doing, I bet they stop breathing. They, they hold their breath. They're right. not breathing right. as you do when you are mindful. And when you stop breathing or you're in that place, there's exhaustion. It's almost like a starvation. It's like, you know, starving yourself all day. And then, oh, okay, I got to remember, I got to breathe. I got to breathe, you know, and that then, you're ignoring that hunger. You're ignoring what your soul needs. That's when you start having illness. Uh, you start having exhaustion. You start having all of these different things where instead, when you're mindful and you're choosing to be happy, you're choosing to be present, you're choosing all of these other things, it brings in grace and nourishment and you feel rested and you feel joyful and you're ready. You're like, okay, you get up from your practice of 12 minutes what's the additional two and guess what you're not ready for a nap you're ready to go right am i correct yes. michael I, it is true especially in the morning um i do it in the morning when the before the time change i was getting up at six and it was completely dark outside I was, it was totally dark outside and i was meditating through uh the beginning of the sunrise and now the time change has changed and now at six o'clock it's light outside um, the, the two things that are important uh, that uh, I've learned uh, is that it's, you, you need to have complete darkness, so you, you need to wear a, a face mask, right, a sleep mask. Mm-hmm. 
um, in order to have complete darkness, no light whatsoever. You, there's too much light even when you close your eyes. There's too, light, too much light coming through. Uh, and the second thing is uh, noise. You want to have none. So noise-canceling headphones or just – I just take, take noise-canceling headphones and put them over my ears, but I don't turn the noise-canceling function on. I don't need it. Um, but the interesting thing is when you put headphones on is that you can hear your heartbeat. And you can mm. hear your breathing. And um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just listen to my heartbeat and relax my wow. body to that, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, or listening to my breathing, listening to my breathing. Because when you're, when you're fully relaxed, you're not, you're not taking deep breaths. You only take three or four or five deep breaths before you, in that two minutes before I get, you know, get into it so I can, I can talk myself into a, a relaxed state, and then I just let it go. And mm-hmm. then the timer goes off. Set a timer. And yep. uh, the timer goes off, and, and I'm done. I come out of it. Even, even though I might be, like, knee-deep in it, having a really good time, um, I, it's still done. It's still no, done. That's wonderful. I mean, it's such a, a nurturing activity to practice. And I think that when you do, that creating, you know, that space in your life allows you to have that awareness of your heart. Uh, that is awareness that leads to healing and it leads to your connection to love. And uh, I just, I, I'm so grateful for you sharing that, Michael. And I know we're getting close. I think we have like three minutes. So I'm going to let you exactly. close out the show. <laughs> oh, you are. I, huh? it, just, it, flies, <laughs> it flies by. Well, you know what? Because I, I think you anchor into this activity. It, it's just, it is. It's so nurturing. It's like sitting in the sun with your face looking up. You know, and just closing your eyes and receiving yeah. Yeah. those healing well, those healing rays. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, it's it's fun to get up in the morning and see the sun rising over the trees, beginning to rise over the trees in in, in the east. Um, when you're out on a walk that early in the morning, it's it's awesome to just feel. Maybe there's a soft breeze, or maybe no breeze. Maybe it's just that it's it's quiet. Um, the world isn't astir. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. birds are chirping, and you can hear things, and I listen. But the, the main thing for me is, and I encourage our audience to do this here on PRNFM, is to just make it your own thing. Set an intention to take five minutes. Just start with five. Maybe two minutes before to just totally stop fidgeting and breathing and, you know, um, doing all of those things and quieting yourself. Maybe talk yourself into a total relaxed state where your muscles are relaxed, your feet are from your feet, from your head to toe, you're all or toe to head. That's kind of the way I do it. And I go all the way up. And I'm not talking about chakras and doing all these other things. I'm just literally talking about, I'm, I'm in my mind and saying that, that, the fibers, every fiber and muscle is relaxing in this part of my body, that part of my body, and I keep moving all the way up. You do that, just get to the point where you can get five minutes of total quietness, total quiet, nothing going on in your head. Um, and when things are uh, crazy in life, because that's, that's the, the, the issue with life, the challenge with life is that there's so much going on outside of you that you think you need to be a part of, but really, mm-hmm. you don't. You don't. You don't need to be a part of, of 90% of what's going on inside of you. And, but there's so much. And kids think this too. So if you have children, teach them to sit down and just 
be quiet and be mindful. And to do that when they're feeling as if the world is running away from them, right? Mm-hmm. As if they, when, 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 when they have a challenge or when they're feeling anxious or when they're feeling whatever, it's because they've, they've got too much interaction with things that they cannot control. This is my view, okay? I'm not a clinical psychologist or a child psychologist or anything like that. I'm just simply saying when I, when I feel that, when I've gotten a little too close to things, too involved, dedicated too much energy and focus and attention to things that, that really don't matter and won't matter tomorrow because it'll be something new to invest in, I just literally back away. I've got to back away. And just recognize that that is what you're doing. And then, then just sit and calm, breathe, and just relax. But once a day, clear away all of that. At least once, clear away all of it. Only need to do it once a day. And uh, you'll feel uh, that practice will change your life, in my view. It will change everything because you'll start to see things differently. And you'll start, start to react to life differently. All right? It's been fun here on PNFM. I love it. <laughs> thank you for joining us here on Connect Love, and thank you, Michael. Just amazing. That's what love's all about. And, uh, yeah. enjoy Loving it. yourself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you.